Hey everyone, it's Kai and Lafayette, and this is The, the Theory, Theory of Living. Living. Thanks for tuning in. We are able to bring you this episode thanks to our Patreon members. Patreon is a subscription-based platform where people can provide support for content creators like us. Thanks to our Patreon members and supporters, we are able to provide free content on the podcast and weekly episodes. By being a Patreon member, you'll have access to our entire podcast library, full video and audio episodes, along with much more. If you like this episode and you feel it adds value to your life, or you hate it, please subscribe on Patreon and or leave your review on Apple Podcast. And don't forget to mention it to your friends over your next beer. Truly, thank you again, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Have you ever had a dream, Kai, that you were sure was so real? What if you were unable to wake from that dream? How would you know the difference between the dream and the real world? If that sounds familiar to you, you're already living in the Matrix. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the Matrix and the related philosophies surrounding it. Yeah, exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting. So well, you're probably wondering. Right now? I'm going to keep my eye on for Oh my sake. god, sorry. Ooh. <laughs> it's a little hot in here. Yes. Um, it looks good. I mean, I like, I like winter coats, but... Um, very uncomfortable right now. Um, the lighting is really hot, and this really hot. So I think after a few minutes, uh, I'm going to take them off. Totally understandable. Yeah. So if you're wondering what brings you this episode today, oh man, it's interesting. Was, uh, yeah. So I think this. I we thought that this would be a very smooth transition from the last episode where we talked about technology, right? Uh, we, we briefly talked about uh, AI, but we didn't really go in depth at all right no probably a minute or so i mean we just literally said the word and that's that was about it right exactly what the machines want <laughs> no conversation <laughs> about what they're trying to do to us <laughs> right but uh and uh because the new matrix movie is uh, coming out i think next week right yeah i'm sure next tuesday or thursday uh, wednesday i'm sorry so we go just see the matrix <laughs> We just watched the uh, the wished version, the original, nineteen ninety nine. We, we got to go see it in theaters. Actually, that was what yes. was exciting. We just right happened to be looking for mm. a movie to go see. Yes. We're like, oh shit, the Matrix is playing. I know. I, neither of us saw it in theaters, so mm-hmm. we're like, we have to. We've got to exactly. go see it. I don't think I saw the original movie at the time in theater. I don't think so. I know I didn't. I was in Israel, so I saw <laughs> it on DVD. <laughs> when I was young. I wasn't really a movie guy, you know. So, kids these days. Yeah, whatever. But it was great, wasn't it? Oh, super I mean, exciting! I gotta to see. say that even after what twenty years, over twenty I mean, years the now, the movie just didn't look all that old. No, it seems like it could have been released yesterday. Exactly. I mean, it was crazy. But um, I remember ninety nine nine because it was very special year for me. Um, graduating high school. And another thing was that there was this worldwide fear. Y2K. Yes, Y2K bug, also called the uh, the Millennium bug. So you know, a lot of people thought that there would be a uh, you know global mayhem, mm-hmm. right, ranging from uh, the erroneous mortgage calculations to infrastructure damage, but nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> Rookie mistake. But it, you know, but it was real fear, though. I mean, Absolutely. the behind the scenes, you know, took it really seriously. A lot of panic buying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why I remember the year. But really funny thing is that I do not remember the Matrix coming out. <laughs> How can we be sure it actually ever came out? What's that? How can we actually be sure it actually ever came out? Well, we got to assume that whatever whatever we are perceiving is true. Mm. That reminds me of a specific philosopher, French right. one. Yes. You want to say his name? Because I can't pronounce his name. Descartes? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, you're talking about simulacra and, or simulation yeah. and simulacrum. What is his uh, name? Jean Beauregard. Beauregard? <laughs> it's French. You're having Beauregard, a hard time, too. Okay. It is difficult Whatever, yeah. But, um, I mean, I, I wasn't going to really talk about it right away, but you want to talk about him? Yeah, why not? Let's go into it. Yeah. So, early on in the movie, you'll see that Neo has a couple visitors after having a, mm-hmm. I believe, a pretty, you know, horrific dream. 
and they're paying him in cash and mm-hmm. he, he takes the cash from him, shuts the door, right. goes back into his apartment, grabs a book from the shelf where he stashes right. his money and that book is titled uh, yeah. Simulacro. You recognize it pretty quickly. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with the work <coughs> even though I'm just mm-hmm. mispronouncing the name of both the book and the guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's a little telling. Right. I Dude, I even looked it up, uh, his name, uh, on YouTube and, um, you know, Google. And I heard the pronunciation. I'm like, I can do this. Easy. But then after a few minutes, I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. When you hear it, you're like, oh, that's a very pronounceable yeah, exactly. name. And then two seconds pass by, you're like, how right. do you say that name? Yeah. But, um, you know, the movie, I wanted to start with, um, you know, why it is so good. I mean... I wanted to talk about that first before you actually going into all the references uh, that exist. I think it was be- the first thing, obviously, very highly stylized, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The revolutionary action sequences and, you know, I mean, it created a new word, the bullet effect, right? Created uh, by using multiple cameras, basically creating this uh, impression of time slowing down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when... Neo is dodging bullets, and uh, Trinity is uh, stopping in the air like this motion, right? Mm-hmm. All that was um, completely new. Mm-hmm. I think there were uh, there was a similar technique in in the sixties. Don't quote me on that, but <laughs> it existed before, and then it was called something along the line of motion picture, something like that. But the uh, what they did in the Matrix was. Uh, just another level. Next level. Yeah. It reminds me of the, you know, traditional Chinese martial arts movies where you use a lot of the wires and things Absolutely. of that nature to capture it. Absolutely. But, like you're speaking about, the technique they were allowed to use in this film mm-hmm. was just multiple cameras to kind of get that effect rather than having somebody suspend it mm-hmm. via wire and then just, you know, rolling the camera in a circle or something of that nature. Yeah, yeah. So the Wachowskis, they were big fans of uh, the Hong Kong mm. uh, action films. Oh, I can see that. So easy. they actually directly went to the legendary choreographer, uh, Yun, Yun Wu Ping, who actually directed uh, Drunk Master mm. and choreographed oh, okay. uh, Kill Bill as well. I mean, he's a legend. Wow, he's old. Yeah, he's old. He's a legend. Both of those? And, you know, they watched his movie. I mean, not directed. Uh, the Fist of Legend. Actually, we talked about this the other day. The Jet Li's movie. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he choreographed that movie. And Wachowski's watched that movie. We need that. Right? Mm-hmm. So they went to him right away directly. And he asked him to choreograph their movie. And he said, yes. Yeah, sure. I will do it. You know? I mean, he had years of experience doing it. And he told them that even... A person who has never experienced, you know, wire action can do about in four weeks. Mm-hmm. And I heard that a lot of actors in the Matrix took a lot more than that. <laughs> it's it's definitely difficult, actually. Right. It's it's funny. One of the teachers I studied under in Austin for Two Kong, he mm-hmm. worked with Frank Miller to do Sin City. Oh. Nice. So Tukong, Grandmaster Yi. Yeah, I gave him an honorary black belt, but they had mm-hmm. done a lot of wire work. And mm-hmm. then separate with, within that dojo as well, mm-hmm. there was another company, Stunts, that were pulling people from that dojo to do the wire work. And I heard similar things about four weeks. Yeah. But that's only if you have a background in air awareness oh, yeah, or your natural, sure. whereas other people can take a, a lot more time. That's, mm-hmm. that's really cool, though. I, I'm shocked. I'm, I had no idea the same guy that did the Drunken Master was the choreographer for yeah, the Matrix. That's the guy. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely shows. Wow, that guy's got a huge, huge career. Yeah. Then, I wonder if he's still alive. Probably not. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I don't know actually. <laughs> but he's a legend for sure. I mean, um, I, I've seen so many. At the time, I didn't know obviously, but I, I, I was a huge fan of. Hong Kong cinema as well. Um, as I grew up, um, is it because so you're many Asian movies. What's that? Is it because you're Asian? No. Um, well, believe it or not, Hong Kong cinema was bigger than Hollywood when I was growing up. Oh wow! Yeah. Is it bigger? Was it bigger than Hollywood worldwide, in Asia. or just in, in Asia? Asia? In Asia. I think. Okay, I think that makes sense. 
uh, worldwide, obviously. I mean, it was popular worldwide as well, but not as big as Hollywood. Mm. But uh, it was, you know, back then, the industry was so big, and there were so many talents and money in it that the quality of movies were so good. Mm. So good. Yeah. Wow. Did they, so, it being more popular there mm-hmm. in Asia, obviously, were movies dubbed or were they just subtitled? And how were they subtitled? <laughs> oh, really? Well, because what I know, so I, I don't know anything about, uh, too much about Chinese, uh, the, the language itself. But what I heard is that uh, because there are so many dialects, um, that's why they had to dub and, you know, mm. that's what I heard. I, I, I'm not 100% sure on that. Okay, but. okay. So when you saw the movie, it was dubbed in Korean? Oh, not dubbed in Korean, dubbed in Chinese. Oh, dubbed in Chinese. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. That's... I mean, that was pretty uh, normal in the 70s, I think, right? Um, Maybe in the 80s, too. But, um, yeah, I think that that was the case, at least in the uh, Hong Kong cinema. Okay. Hmm. I had no idea. Hmm. So you want to get into the philosophies and maybe some of the undertones in the movie? Because... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like to mention that uh also another thing about this matrix about the matrix before mm-hmm. actually going into you know many references i mean it's part of a reference too that the matrix is very postmodern uh that there are just a lot of references there are mm-hmm. a lot of so creativity can be seen as something that uh are original right mm-hmm. but also creativity could be something that creating new values by rearranging existing mm. values right yes so in that sense i think the matrix is very creative mm-hmm. i would agree i would yeah. agree it's taking values and things that we've already known and touching on the philosophy again mm-hmm. it's extrapolating certain things to make the story mm-hmm. and touching on them uh, Absolutely. which is why i imagine they chose that book to pay homage while it's not direct representation of his work mm-hmm. it also uses some of the ideas he has in there yeah and then extrapolates exactly. and builds this crazy unique and beautiful and cool and new yeah. fascinating world and concepts that while they've been around for a long time maybe mm-hmm. not presented in such a digestible manner and yeah. maybe it'll it'll encourage somebody to go check out his work yeah rather than just saying oh yeah this is what this guy was trying to get at because you know like any book, a movie's never going to do a book full justice. And that's not what the point oh, yeah. of the movie was anyway. Right. So they're separate things right. that have similarities. Absolutely. I heard that uh, he was kind of angry after he watched the movie. But <laughs> I mean, we totally understand why he was, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you feel like your work's being maybe misrepresented or mm-hmm. dumbed down or, yeah, you know, whatever have you, I understand how that can mm-hmm. be frustrating, but... Like we discussed before we started this podcast mm-hmm. was it it can be something somebody does to just pay homage mm-hmm. and show respect and that I don't think they had any ill intent towards him or they were mm-hmm. purposely trying to right. dissuade people from the complexity so. of his mm-hmm. work. Because, I mean, any philosopher, that's a lifelong endeavor, even more so than just making a movie. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And, you know... Um, the movie, though, the story unfolds in a very conventional way, too, right? If you look at the, the format of the story, progression of the story, I mean, it's very commercial, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's awakening of the character, uh, and then the hero's training, journey. and then friends and family, you know, betrayal, <laughs> and, Spoiler you know, alert. resurrection, all that, right? I mean... <laughs> The serum falls really uh, Christ-like conventionally. figure over here. Right. Well, and that's kind of, I mean, I, actually, I didn't want to talk about it right away, but that's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, reference to religion. I mean, specifically oh. Christianity. Oh, absolutely. So I was going to start with that, actually, that if you look at his name, um, Thomas Anderson in The Matrix, um, Thomas means that twin, which represents his two lives. Mm. In the Matrix, and in how do we, how should we call it? The outside of the Matrix. Uh, in this regard, <laughs> so this is where it gets interesting, <laughs> right? Is for all mm. intents and purposes, people would consider that base reality. I would make the argument, though, if I ever woke up like Neo 
and found all that out, uh-huh. I would no longer believe that base reality could exist. I am merely experiencing mm-hmm. one subset of reality that could be stacked infinitely wide, yeah. infinitely deep, fourth mm-hmm. dimensionally. Yeah. So it would kind of remove a lot of maybe inherent value or truth claims from the universe mm-hmm. and maybe morality yeah. in the way we see it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I Rightfully so, right? I mean, it'll be very confusing. <laughs> I mean, more than confusing, it'll be impossible to prove it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. And the, yeah. the funny thing is that even right now, sitting in this situation, mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, we can't prove or interface with base reality. Mm-hmm. We are merely interacting with a concept of what we believe to be reality. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's seen in the way we can't have any absolute. They're just constructs upon constructs that are typically mm-hmm. human-created or tools we use to decipher and try to understand the universe, typically in a mathematical way and scientific mm-hmm. way, because it's brought in us the most mm-hmm. uh, return on investment, I guess yeah. you would say. It's made life easier to navigate. Yeah, I, I don't want to spoil this, but uh, uh, basically the whole idea of all the references and all this is basically your perception is true, right? I mean, sort of that's the idea, mm-hmm. regardless of what will the truth is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so to touch on that topic too, who I mm-hmm. mentioned earlier was, they didn't reference him directly in the movie, but way before even mm-hmm. uh, Jean Beauregard, I can't say his name, was... Uh, I think, therefore, I am, which was, wow, I just had his name in my head. I can't believe it's slipping. Yeah, thank you, Descartes, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, the polygenius mathematician who made the argument that, Mm -hmm. you know, we have to understand how can we actually interface with reality and that we're actually interfacing with reality. For all I know, I could be being tricked by a demon. Mm -hmm. All these things could just be a clever illusion pulled over my eyes. Mm How can I actually tell mm-hmm. that I'm engaging with it? And thus he read, um, oh man, I wish I forgot the Latin. It's ergo something, but directly translate to English. I yeah. think, mm-hmm. therefore, I, I am. am. And again, there's a lot of problems with that statement mm-hmm. in and of itself, but it was a milestone, philosophically speaking, which then we could make more extrapolations yes. in reality. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Kant touched on this. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Theorizing, we... We engage in this reality. Even if it's not base reality, we have to make some sense of it to navigate our world and progress. Mm -hmm. So we have to make the assumption. Like you're saying, the matrix forces you to say, this is reality. There has to be action based on what I know. Right. (laughs) So interesting, right? But uh, going back to the uh, the first reference, religion, uh, specifically Christianity, uh, Thomas, uh, like I Mm -hmm. said, uh, in twin uh, two lives and also uh, Thomas. in the new testament uh, one of the one of the 12 apostles Besides. right mm-hmm. who doubts the resurrection of jesus right which is similar to uh, the character itself he starts to doubt he starts to doubt his reality mm-hmm. right uh, and then uh, anderson is uh, meaning son of An- Ander, Andrew, which originates from Andreas, meaning man or human. Jesus calls himself son of man, you remember? Mm-hmm. So that sort of indicates that what kind, what the character is, which is also solidified by his another name, Neo, is mm-hmm. uh, an anagram for one, one. the one, right? Uh, so like, all on, already movie tells you what is going to be right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, um, but um, also other names have all the meanings. I think the Morpheus too, the God of Dreams, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's about um, reference to the religion, and um, you probably want to talk about the next one. Um, Obviously, the the opening line right there, Morpheus, God of Dreams, right? Mm-hmm. So. There's a obvious one that can't be missed, even going back further than Descartes. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Plato, right? right? The yeah. cave, the allegory of the cave, mm-hmm. that we're merely seeing shadows mm-hmm. upon the wall, imagery. It's not actually reality. It's yeah. the form of things, mm-hmm. um, which was a very interesting. But but it's, it's true. The shadow is true to those shackled men in the cave. Yes. Yeah, it's right. their reality. 
for right. all intents and purposes. Exactly. That is their experience. Again, their perception, mm-hmm. their senses, with a, they're forced to trust. Mm-hmm. They have no other option in this regard. Um, yeah. So it's touching on that again, which is go to say that the Matrix has popularized and kind of made a lot of material mm-hmm. digestible in a unique, fun, entertaining way. Right. These are no new concepts. Right. They're just rehashing them differently. Like you said, they're, they're changing the building blocks and rearranging them so mm-hmm. they appear new. But can anything really be new? Mm-hmm. We just yeah. have copies of copies of right. copies of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the very like like we said earlier, the very idea of postmodernism. And, you know, it could have been a complete failure, complete, you know, thoughtless and poor pastiche, but it wasn't. They mm-hmm. did really, really well. Usually if a movie or a story references too much, then it just becomes, you know, typically trash. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing with all this? But, I mean, you, you can see how meticulous they were when they were creating this story from the names and the references, the consistency of the references, you know, and the visual effect mm-hmm. to create the world, right? Like, on the surface, it looks like just, you know, really cool action movie. Yeah. And you can watch it that way. It can be that way. It's a great movie, yeah. even without knowing all the references. Yes. But with all the references, you see, you know, the movie was ahead of time, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's why it's stood the test of time. The story mm-hmm. speaks for itself. And surprisingly, the action scenes hold up incredibly well, granted mm-hmm. to the choreographer and the director taking that mm-hmm. that hint from Hong Kong cinema. I mean, yeah. one of my favorite scenes is when he figures out he's the one and he's fighting the agent. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's just blocking both <laughs> hands. And he's like, oh, wait, I can do this yeah. with one hand. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit, he can do it with yeah. one hand. I love this scene. And that's, I mean, brilliant and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Very well done. Yeah. And the fact that the movie has so many Easter eggs, touches on so many different philosophical views mm-hmm. from you know eastern asia to ancient greece mm-hmm. france to you know europe it touches on a lot of things so you can mm-hmm. go back and find new things you might not have known before mm-hmm. or once you go find those new things you can go read the work it's referencing to and then yeah. go back and watch it again and have a deeper more complex understanding of the matrix Mm-hmm. and what they're ultimately trying to get at. I find one thing super interesting is that humans, for whatever reason, in the movie and mm-hmm. apparently in reality, have to have some type of belief system. You know, So here they are dealing with a very technological world, so mm-hmm. much so that the Matrix exists. Machines essentially run reality as far as we're aware. Mm-hmm. Yet you have oracles, you have prophets, mm-hmm. you have prophecies. These things that we... usually aligned to religion, spiritualism, things that are the opposite of technology a lot of times are still tied into the human condition. And they've put it in a way where the prophecy, you know, being Neo and able to bend the matrix is is also a technological feat, Mm -hmm. not only a spiritual one. Yeah. So it's a very cool kind of fusion of two things that typically are at odds with each other, science and religion, belief and um, the scientific method and what we can prove using that. Yeah. It's a very, very unique approach on it. Yeah, absolutely. It's post-modernity, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And then we, I mean, this this is going to be actually, um, you know, a good opportunity to talk about for the first time ever, um, you know, Asian philosopher. I mean, we're not going really in depth, but uh, there's reference to uh, Zhangzi's The Butterfly Dream, you know, just like similar to uh, the Plato's Cave that um, you want to you wanna introduce the story about? I, I don't know well off well, the I mean, my head. It's been really some time since I read it. a simple story that uh, he dreamed that he was a butterfly and basically he wakes up and he's confused that... You know, it's him who dreamt of being a butterfly, or butterfly being him. Mm. You know, so it's similar to Plato's Cave, basically. That, mm. um, you know, so arguments on the uh, authenticity of reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I duality. just wanted to, uh, you know, 
touch on that because we haven't really talked about or mentioned um, Asian philosophers in before. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a really interesting one to get into because there's a lot more depth there with mm-hmm. him as an individual. Yeah. Um, that, that'll be a later episode, but he's right. a very interesting guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's funny what he's touching on. He kind of touches on some other work as well that mm-hmm. to even be able to grasp some of the concepts he's communicating, if you can grasp it, it is not the concept. Right. Which is paradoxical in itself. Mm-hmm. The second you have it in your hand, it is slipped through, which even though it seems contradictory, I think we all have experiences like that. Maybe we just haven't found a great way to explain them, but I think we all know that feeling. Mm-hmm. When you're holding on to something so tightly, mm-hmm. it goes away. Or kind of like a fleeting thought on the tip of your tongue. Mm-hmm. It's um, an interesting experience and something in the Matrix that would be mm-hmm. a glitch. Yeah. You know, something they display throughout the movies is mm-hmm. deja vu, for example. Mm-hmm. Oh, deja vu. That's a glitch in the matrix. Something's been changed. Mm-hmm. So, again, touching on what is reality and yeah. what does it mean for us? How do we how do we interface with that? How does it change our lives? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, the progression of the thought, the world's biggest concern um, seems to be that it was the question of what is reality? but also is moving into the um, sort of related, but to the question of who am I, right? Mm. Uh, Identity. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is concerning time, but very interesting time because um, there is a lot of of things to think about. Yeah, for sure. I think one thing it challenges as well is if free will actually exists. If prophecies are true, and occur, Mm -hmm. then we really have no say in the matter, it would seem. Mm -hmm. Yet everybody is so bent on trying to enact their will upon the world, whether it's in the Matrix Mm -hmm. or what they depict as base reality. What would, if you were in that situation, Mm -hmm. say you got unplugged. Okay. How would you feel? What, would you want to go back to the Matrix? Would you want to fight against the machines? Mm -hmm. What do you think you would do? Um, I know it's a difficult question to answer because yeah. you'd have to experience it to actually give. Right. But I think I have to assume that both realities or both worlds, uh, I, my perception is very real. Uh, I have to assume that, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's the whole premise of it. But uh, if, if that's the case, then I will, I will have to betray the ship. <laughs> Kill the chosen one. Um, I will have to actually. I think I would probably follow that guy who who would um, uh, who betrays everybody. You remember mm-hmm. that guy who was? Who I don't remember his name. Which is yeah, funny I forgot his name. But he's just he's an important it. character. Um, Very because important. he's the only one who you know who knows about both worlds. Uh, but he wants to go to Matrix without any knowledge of his world. Yes. Right? It's a very interesting character. Yes. Oh, man. That gets into... Oh, we'll have to come back to it another time. Right. But talking about if you had the ability <clears throat> to <throat> basically alter reality in any way you want, there mm-hmm. was a paper published, I believe, in the last 20 years talking about this, mm-hmm. that eventually over time, and I'm just summarizing the end here, mm-hmm. that if you had that much freedom and power over your reality, mm-hmm. you would eventually want to know that you had no power at all and just right. continue to live life you know what actually normally. i'm going to answer that question because after so neo is being able to defy some of the rules in the matrix right mm-hmm. so i would test myself if i can do the same thing in in the uh, unplugged world oh yeah that that'd would be, be the... sort of uh, one of the ways to gauge or determine whether or not which world is Real in which, well, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't use the word real, but which world is uh, defiable and which world is not. Mm, yes. Uh, I'm going to start from there. So you probably operate in the world in which you had the most power. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. I think that's a very relatable thing. I think most people choose worldviews 
and beliefs mm-hmm. and value systems where they feel they have some level of control mm-hmm. over themselves or over their reality, whether that's true or not. Mm-hmm. I, on the other hand, would... Okay, here we go. You're here we go. Make you, me you, want, you want the right answer. You've come, <laughs> you've come to the right place, my friends. And cut! No, wait, where do we go? <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> I would totally understand wanting to go back to the Matrix. Okay, I'm hot. I'm gonna take. Sorry, guys. I, he had a tank top under this. Oh my god! What is going on? I've got I've got a turtleneck I'm on. Dude. <clears throat> Must be reality. You don't um, sweat in the sorry Matrix. Sorry about that. It was so hot. Don't apologize. Just fix it. Um, I fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, good. I couldn't focus. Okay, yeah. now for the perfect answer. <laughs> yes. Suspense. Yeah, let's hear it. I would totally understand wanting to go back to the Matrix. Mm-hmm. I, however, could not understand mm-hmm. wanting to go back to the Matrix then have your memory wiped. For all intents and purposes, mm-hmm. that is death. If you have no memory of your past... Yeah, I agree. ...is essentially rebirth. I didn't say that, though. You the didn't say that. I'm saying yeah. that for that character. Yeah, that's that's the part I couldn't understand. Because he knows right? he's done a bad thing. He would he would rather not live with the grief or the guilt. Well, I mean, yeah, I understand his reasoning, but at the same time, like, look, why would that be good to you? Yeah, zero sum. I mean, game. good to that new person with a new identity, but not to you. Like, to, yeah. like you said, it's it's that to you. I'd say for all intents and purposes that. I've been saying that phrase a lot. Hmm. I would say that's intellectual suicide. <laughs> that's what uh, that choice is. S- yeah, suicide in general, I would say. But um, you're dead. I mean, you, you you wouldn't have any memory. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, just that, that fits the definition of death. Yeah. Um, so so why not just continue to help yeah, another think, cause you know, or come with your own know, cause? I, I don't think his uh, reasoning was explored um, properly. Uh, here we go. Some negativity about the movie. <laughs> I think though. Yeah. I think though. Mm-hmm. That I'm sorry is, if I didn't understand properly, but that, I thought that's um, sort of um, um, you know scratch on the surface, perfect surface, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> perfect surface. Yeah. I think the average person would be that that individual. Oh really? Yeah, I think th- I think so. I think there's more people that would rather stay in the matrix. Well, yeah, that I understand, but without the knowledge of your Crane identity. Yeah, I think most people, though, if they were unplugged, mm-hmm. all they would want and fight and strive for is to go back to the Matrix. I think Zion mm-hmm. and base reality would be full of more people trying mm-hmm. to take advantage and live in yeah. the Matrix. Because, here's the funny thing, it is a better life. Yeah. For all those people, it is mm-hmm. a better life. Mm-hmm. And if human civilization is about just trying to better life and further the species, you've yeah. checked all the boxes. Unless you think there could be something greater mm-hmm. than the Matrix. Yeah. Which, maybe that's the argument they make. I haven't seen the other two in a long time. <sighs> yeah, it's a, it's a hard, hard question. Uh, but also, you can make more decision, right? Um, because... Okay, in terms of your own purpose, mm-hmm. I mean, totally understandable they want to go back to the Matrix. But if you're thinking about, you know, what is more decision for the humanity in this case, <clears throat> I think you shouldn't go back to the Matrix because mm. you're under the suppression of the system. Mm, interesting. So this is not about you. It's about the humanity. True. Then I would right? pose the question is, mm-hmm. Is my idea, my values, my beliefs, my moralities, mm-hmm. are they just byproducts of the system, of me living in the matrix and in that human world? It's funny that the human world looks almost no different mm-hmm. than the matrix as far as value systems are concerned. Right. I mean, that was the purpose of creating the matrix in the first place. Yeah. It's just, it, you would think, though, that uh-huh. in all these varying levels of reality that it would be a completely different world, not mm-hmm. just slightly different, because it's pretty much the same world. One's just much shittier than the other. Yeah. So I, if I was in that situation, I think I would want to recreate mm-hmm. value systems and looking at things entirely differently. That's a good point. Maybe yeah. I couldn't, though, because mm-hmm. I'd grown up X amount of time with 
these values thrust upon me mm-hmm. culturally, historically, in the matrix, in yeah. real in my perception of reality. Maybe I would never be able to escape it, mm-hmm. but I believe I'd want to do my best to try. Mm-hmm. You probably wouldn't have a lot of people that saw eye to eye with you on this, but I mean, at that point, mm-hmm. reality's kind of off the table. Death is meaningless. Yeah. If I was there, that's what I would think. Yeah, maybe, you know, I think nihilism. <clears throat> You've just made a really uh, interesting point. I think that maybe this is not about what's reality or not. Maybe this is about, you know, what would you do, you know, under, I mean, we've used this word so many times, totalitarian system. Mm. What would mm. you do under the suppression of someone and in the world of someone's purpose, right? Mm. Maybe that's more of the question than asking which is reality. Yes, yes. Yeah. See, that's the thing that's, it's cool because they, they do, they take that idea. Mm-hmm. It's just the way in which they apply it. They apply it in a common way, mm-hmm. you know, in a, we were being enslaved, essentially. We're being farmed. Yeah. We're being cultivated. I, that story's been told since the dawn of time. It's happened mm-hmm. historically. Wars have been fought. People have fought against all types of oppression. Uh I think the oppression is not subtle enough, and it's not targeting the values and the true core of the system, the way we think about the system. So in that way, I feel, again, it's an action movie, and Mm -hmm. it succeeds very well what it does. Maybe this is the, the lover of philosophy in me. But I want something deeper. Like, oh, okay, cool. You, but yeah. we're just at war with machines? Like, that's it? Like, this is basically just another war? And maybe yeah. we can't escape that. Maybe that's part of the mortal mortal coil. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is to be human as well. Mm-hmm. There's some things we just can't escape. But I, would, I would have loved to see them try to touch on that. But again, maybe it wouldn't have been a successful movie. Maybe it would have felt too weird because there's no way to relate to it or understand right. it. But me personally, I... I dig that stuff. I love listening to music that sounds weird, seeing movies that doesn't make sense upon initial view. Right. That makes me think differently and feel things differently. Because then I realize, like, whoa, I could have experienced the world in, in a very Are you officially saying that you could have done it better? Oh, no way. Absolutely <laughs> not. I mean, okay, well, actually, what constitutes better in this sense? Are we talking about, like, gross <laughs> domestic product? Are we mm-hmm. talking about life's changed that's such well, a hard metric. I don't. Yeah. Definitely not. The movie's a masterpiece. I'm saying the movie right. is great, mm-hmm. but the philosopher. Mm-hmm. In me, I'm not a philosopher, but I would love to be one. Mm-hmm. In me wants more. I just want more. You know, I want yeah. more depth. Even Absolutely. if it's not there, I want it. <laughs> the thirst. Right. Um. Yeah, I agree. And um. Also, do you know um. Why the pills, when um, Morpheus. Um, explains. <laughs> you mean these pills <laughs> right here, Kai? <laughs> okay, we um, couldn't use a blue one because you know copyright right. infringement and all that jazz. But it's, it's close enough. So uh, the pills, in my opinion, is that indicates that the ignorance is something to be cured. Mm. I think that's how I took it, and um, you know, I thought about why red. Why red for the matrix? And why the red pill on the right hand instead of the left hand? Right? Mm. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. I I don't know. I can take a stab at it, but I'd probably be very mm. wrong. Well, the red is one of the few colors that has like uh death associated with it, I know. Well, like horror, both but... both sides of uh meanings. Like it could mm. be like there are positive meanings, but also there are negative meanings. Mm. Like positive Duality. as in uh you know, passion, love, but negative side, you see like warning, your warning signs are all red, right? I mean, mm-hmm. death, blood, violence, yeah. right? So when you, when we see red, you automatically get alert, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I would, I totally agree. Right? I think that's what, what it was. And the blue is a bit calming and relaxing, kind of yeah. soothe. Yeah. So it's a good choice, but it's an easy truth. Mm-hmm. It's not easy truth that you can take. Yeah. You know, I think that's what it was indicating. And the reason that it was on the right hand is that 
you know, right as in correct.、Mm. I think that's what it was. I could be wrong.、Um, but blue, I don't know well.、Uh, I, blue could have been so many different things, but I think, I don't think they put, I could be wrong, but <laughs> it could be, could it be anything. But red, at least, I think is pretty clear、mm. that、um, why they chose red for、mm-hmm. the Matrix. On the I can see that.、Especially. It's interesting. I've heard this. Yeah. I don't know where I read it, but something along the lines of if I go to the right, no one is left.、Mm-hmm. If I go to the left, no one is right. Where did you hear that? I don't know. Okay. But it just. Right. Speaks to this moment <laughs> very well. <laughs>、yeah. I also think another interesting thing is that he didn't need to give him a pill to let him know. He gave him a physical action、oh, yeah. to tie consequence to the words、mm. and to the meaning to convey it. So you have to take an action, a physical、mm. action for the emotional connection and、mm. the knowledge and the understanding. Because he said, All I'm going to give you is the truth.、Mm-hmm. It's not like the pill actually did anything. It could be just empty pills with colors, but it signified a choice and taking action. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think if you're going to take a leap of faith, so to speak, you have to take an action. And、uh-huh. sometimes you don't know what's on the other side. And we can apply this to many aspects of our lives,、uh-huh. whether it's going to be starting a workout program、uh-huh. or pursuing a love,、uh-huh. whether that's a person, a hobby, or something else. Sometimes it just takes. A physical action、mm-hmm. without knowing what's going to happen,、mm-hmm. which kind of gets into Kierkegaard. And he says that anxiety is the dizziness of freedom.、Mm-hmm. But once we make a choice, we can kind of escape that place. Yeah. Yeah.、Uh, the, the, like you said, it, it really signifies the, the importance of your action, right? I mean, he, Morpheus also said for that. Uh, also, he says that I can show you the door, but you have to walk through it,、mm-hmm. right?、Uh, so you're right. I mean, that's exactly what it was. The pills were not supposed to do anything, but it signifies that you have to take the action. I mean, also, I would go further that freedom is not possible without autonomy, right? You have to take the action,、mm-hmm. right? So there are so many levels in this movie, but I, I love it, man.、Um, oh, it's like great. 20、movie. years ago. I, like I said, even without all these references, like I, I, I didn't feel like I w- I'm watching a movie that came out 20 years ago. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It's,、mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, sorry, not to beat a dead horse, but、yeah. isn't The Matrix ultimately what we're aiming for in life right now? You know, not using all our resources,、mm-hmm. being able to eat, being able to have a mostly normal life. For people, seems like that could be a very real future, potentially.、Mm-hmm. I don't think we'll have it to the high degree that they、mm-hmm. showed it. I think it will be much more subtle. But technology is already taking over part of our lives. We're already slaves in different ways slaves、yeah. to our social media, slaves to our phones, slaves to the latest information on the television,、mm-hmm. the latest movie. And that has such a huge impact on our worldview and the way we perceive the world、mm-hmm. when all those things are. And this is touching on what, you know, Simulacra and Simulation talk about Jean Beauregard. I think I said it right that time. Jean Beauregard. <laughs> He did it finally. I believe so. What he's talking about is that、mm-hmm. everything basically becomes a copy of a copy of a copy of、mm-hmm. a copy. So far that we're not even interacting with reality anymore. We already live in that world. Right now. You hear that? Yeah.、Uh, also, okay, so we touched on pretty much everything about the movie. I mean,、uh, we might have missed you know, a few things, but I'm sure those are not major、uh, p a r t of the movie.、Um, but、uh, the one thing that I forgot to mention is that, I mean, it's not,、um, it's not concerning any references, but、uh, Matrix really、uh, popular. Popularize the trend of trilogy.、Um, yeah, somebody may argue that, oh, what about Star Wars? Yes, it's trilogy, but it really didn't take off the trend after The Matrix.、Mm-hmm. That's true. Let's admit that, okay, guys? The fan of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, you, you've started a war, my friend. Let me tell you. But that's just true.、Um, you know, 
in terms of years, right? I, I, a lot of trilogy. Yeah, I mean, we Matrix. had Lord of the Rings after that. Yeah, There's and you know, also popularized the the trend of uh, filming sequels simultaneously. That didn't exist before. Correct. For sure. They did two and three at the same time. Yes, and then they released the uh, released with a six months apart. Right. Oh, it was only six months. Wow, yeah. I didn't realize it was, it was that part. quick. But they filmed them together. Right. It was a summer and Christmas release. Because wasn't the it? first Matrix was so successful, they were so confident. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it worked. Yeah. I, mean, I think the first one's the best one. Oh yeah. I mean, I it's it's hard to argue <laughs> that against that. But I think uh, I I know some people who like the second one. You know, the most. really the second one. Well, most, because wow. some people, um, you know. Some people care about action scenes, I guess. You know, Look, we got a name for people like that. Yeah, so. <laughs> I don't want to say it on the podcast, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I, I I totally see it, why they do. But, um, I mean, in terms of the, um, you know, how complete it is, I think it's hard to argue against the idea that uh, the first one is the best one. I think so. It's just, yeah. it's always going to be difficult to top mm-hmm. the first, I think, in any series because it introduces Mostly, the premise. Yeah. We usually fall in love, romanticize mm-hmm. it, then we build up all these expectations in our head for the next right movie or following movie. So yeah. it can be hard to top those expectations. Yeah, it, especially in this, in this you know, movie, um, the first one really throws all the elements of the Matrix, right? And they create the world and show the world to the audience. And then in the second and third one, they explore the world, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I like the progression of it. It's just that um, the reference. Okay, here <laughs> we go. A little bit. The first one was so done well in terms of how it uses all the references, all the different pieces together. It was just almost perfect. But from the second one, in my opinion, that just falls apart. What are you trying to talk? What are, what are you trying to say from this point? What's the message? What's the message here? Like it right. becomes so messy. It's almost like at the end, you know, oh, you can transcend everything. You know, uh, and after all, the love is love is most important thing. Like I don't know where this is going. You know, like mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. becomes so messy. But, um. You know, I mean, it's hard to make all three. You're never going to make anybody, or sorry, let me rephrase that. You're never going to make everybody happy. Right. And you and I are just Mm -hmm. typically guys that want more and depth out of media we consume and things like Mm -hmm. that. But they're definitely not failures by any stretch of the imagination. We Mm -hmm. just think they could have taken maybe a different route, a little more Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. I'd like to uh, pose a question before we um, wrap this up. Um, would you be a glitch in the Matrix or the most powerful man in the Matrix? That's to the audience, not me. We already know the answer for me. Come on. <laughs> really? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Look at, you see these glasses over here? <laughs> no, man. I, I, don't think, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think I'd be a glitch or anything mm-hmm. that rare or unique. Just statistically speaking, I don't think that's possible i think we all romanticize being heroes in our own story mm-hmm. in our own world and we can be to some mm-hmm. degree um not to the degree they depicted i believe but there's no reason we shouldn't try to be mm-hmm. i think that's the more important thing you know even when neo was told yeah kid from the oracle you know yeah you're not the one hate to break it to you you know you're just not him regardless of that he took actions as a hero mm-hmm. as if he were the one Knowing full well and believing full well, mm-hmm. based off the Oracle's prophecy, he would die trying to save Morpheus. And that, in you know, a very weird way, is what allowed him to become the one or fulfill the prophecy. Right. Right. He was he was a hero, regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean and you know, in the movie he dies. I mean he dies in And on the third the day they roll that stone away. <laughs> <laughs> And Neil Could you not do that, please? <laughs> <laughs> We're about to wrap this up, but uh, I mean, that's another interesting part. But I mean, it's not the major part of the movie. So uh, three I think- days, three movies. Think about it, guys. <laughs> it's all there. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, we've talked about you know all the interesting stuff, Ellis, uh, about the movie. And uh, please let us know 
um, if there's anything that we missed that you find interesting. Um, Absolutely. We'd love yeah. to know. Give us some feedback. Yeah. And please, please. Again, before mm-hmm. we go, I'd like to give out a shout out to a few people that have given their feedback. Lee, thank you for oh, yeah. talking about the... Our good friend, Lee. Yeah, thank you for giving us a call and letting us know what you like about the podcast mm-hmm. and wanting to hear more about stoicism and kind of the phil- philosophical ties to our lives in regards mm-hmm. to how we conduct ourselves yeah. when it comes to fitness and just mm-hmm. our daily interactions. Right. We're going to work towards that more and more. Mm-hmm. And then Greg Hoffines, because you're a bitch, <laughs> I have to throw you out there. <laughs> You'll know what it means. Right. Um, also, the movie, the new movie comes out. Um, on twenty third, you said next Wednesday, twenty second, something like that. Yeah, I think it's twenty second. I don't know when the next. It's one Wednesday. Comes out. It's I don't Wednesday. watch TV. Yeah, uh, on the twenty di- second is Wednesday. Yeah, so it's twenty second. I'm pretty okay. sure. Um, so we're we are excited for that movie. Um, let's see how good it is. Yeah. I mean, you still. I mean, so far you don't have really positive opinion about it. I don't. I just think it's a based cash on grab. the preview, right? I mean, to preview be fair as well. Yeah. Yeah. It, so it looks like we'll they're just see. rehashing it, which. Maybe mm. I'll do it in a creative way. I'll blow my mind, and then it'll be Matrix episode part two. Oh my god, here we go! Yeah, uh, we may talk about it if it was, um, you know, if it is good. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, guys, I think it's time to sign off. Yeah. Think about how you might be in the Matrix today. What yeah. values you have based on <laughs> copies of copies. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Bye. Goodbye. That's this week's episode of the Theory of Living podcast. Thanks for listening with us. We are Lafayette and Kai. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you'd like to help support us, we have a Patreon page where you can subscribe for exclusive content. Also, please share it with others who you think may find value in our discussion. Leave a rating, a review, and please subscribe to the podcast. Thank you again. See you next time.